Jimmy Mark podcast show brings you the Ghost Bomber. On November 23rd, 1943, something happened at Allied Base, Air Base in England, and to this day is not fully explained. B-17 Bomber, that was part of the 91st Bomber Group, was following the guide path of the runway and ready to land. The gears were down, but because of weight was flying, ground crews assumed the plane had been damaged, though none were visible. But some of the crew were wounded as the characteristics of flight showed were lining up for an emergency landing. The bomber was landed, uh, lined up perfectly and hit the runway with relative ease, but then it began to bounce. Then the plane got off kilter and one of the wings dug into the ground. Engine slammed in the earth and, it, and was destroyed. Less than 100 feet in front of a gun position, the lumbering bomber finally came to stop. The engine kept running. Cradle crews held their breath. They waited and waited and waited some more, but the crew, no crew emerged from the flying fortress. No emergency call from the plane announced it. From the plane announced its arrival, which armed ground crews from the start. But the apparition began to grow as the three remaining engines continued spinning their propellers. After 20 minutes, a man named John V. Chris decided to investigate. Chris was apprehensive in his search. He expected to find dead or dying men from the aircrew. Instead, he found 12 parachute packs ready to be deployed. But his search revealed there was not a single soul aboard the aircraft. The alarm over the incident was shot through the train command and the investigation started immediately. First they identified the plane was part of the 91st Bomber Group, which was a group that operated out of the base where the B-17 landed. Once the squadron of plane was identified, questions began to swell around the crew. The plane was littered with evidence that they were, they were aboard at some point. Even though the parachutes were seemingly on board, some time later, all the men were located, they were all alive and well. At a near base in Belgium. B 17 was, was to bomb the Lyoff oil family, which is a dangerous target given its location in southern Germany. Upon Chris's search of the aircraft, he found a log in the navigator's station that read Bad Flak. German anti aircraft for fire intended, indeed wounded the plane. A bomb bay sustained a direct hit. By some miracle, didn't even set off the bombs. The engine was also reported damaged, and another one quit mid-air flight. Yet when the plane was approached, all four engines were still malfunctioning. The plane struggled to keep its attitude once it was hit. The pilot, Howard Arch Bolt, turned the plane around and, helped, and headed back to England. When the second engine became compressed and stopped working, De Bolt knew the plane would never make it across the English Channel. He then set a course to Brussels, Belgium, which is where the headquarters of the 8th Air Force was located. They grouped the crew bailed the plane department was last to leave. He set the plane on autopilot and jumped. He appreciated that the plane would succumb to its wounds and crash into the ground, but somehow not only did it keep flying for 2,000 miles, but it found its way to the airbus. It took off from. The investigation stated the plane's trouble, plane trouble, probably cleared up once the crew left. 
Before they had that, that did that, the boat had ordered them to toss the materials away the plane down, which may have helped keep the plane in flight. Then failing engines caused the plane to slowly descend to the Earth's surface. The port was riddled with problems that didn't explain anything but anything. The B-17 was a tough aircraft designed to fly even when severely damaged as many reports exist of crews of Belderheld. And you see the airplane continue to fly. Ground crews witnessed the engines working it, so failing engines didn't cause the plane to descend. And many instances of B-17s flying without pilot crew never ended the crew finding its way of the plane finding its way back home. The first simple fact remains that that neither no no expedition exists for that happened. Investigators failed to come up with plausible conclusion. Peculiar detail was reported by the crew right as it hit in the Bombay. It was hit in Bombay. The road said, "For life, me, I don't know why the bombs didn't blow up." He said there was a tremendous flash of life at the moment. It was common threading. So many counts of unexplained incidents and unidentified aircraft in World War Two. Many accounts of unidentified flight craft aircraft in World War Two were spotted by night fighter aircraft. Night fighters, as the name implies. Planes were specified that made them adept at dogfighting in the darkness of night. The planes often had two engines that were a bit heavier than the daytime cat parts. In contrast, just about every other plane in World War II, they were equipped with radar, which enabled them to identify boogies using their equipment instead of having to spot an enemy aircraft or rely on ground radio sensations hundreds of miles away. The crew Around the same time as landing the ghost bomber, an American A aircrew of a night fighter spotted something inexplicable. A Bristol bow fighter, British plane, was equipped with advanced radar. According to their instruments, everything appeared normal. Crew three consisted of pilot Edward Schwarzer, reserve officer, observer Donald J. Mirrors, and intelligence officer Fred Red Wingworld. They observed and described as flying as eight or ten orange lights off the wing flying through the air at high speed. Myers radio ground units and they confirmed that his radio read. There was nothing there. His radio was manufacturing from the combat division over Germany. So Serenis so decided to have a closer look. The objects were seen had been visible for several minutes and should have turned the plane towards them. As all of a sudden, as if someone flipped a switch, the lights went away. The crew was baffled. Then the lights reappeared, this further, time further away, and then disappeared again. Mares gave the objects a name which was often used in 1944, and he called them Foo Fighters. A one of the 4150 Special Operations Squadron. Mira was an avid reader of the Smoky Stoker cartoon. Was a word Smoky Stoker often used, used often when he said, "There was a foo, there's a fire." It was fitting because it really had to. There was there was a foo fighter. It appeared to be on fire.
This is the first use of the food fighter. In terms of describing and defining flying flow and object explanations around to treat nature, and then I'm quite satisfied the men of the 4150 Special Operations Squadron. My mind is quick were part of. They were responsible for more food fighting sightings than any other unit in World War Two. The official war diary of the 5th 145 contains multiple encounters with unexplained reports of identified flying objects date back to February, September 1941. There's a extreme uptick in 19, December 1944. The war diary for the 4th 15th on December 15th reads, saw a brilliant red light at 2,000 feet east. 200 miles per hour in the vicinity of Elston, due to alternative integrator failure. Would not pick up contact, but followed it by sight until it went out. Could not get close enough to identify objects before it went out. On December 18th, the logs reports a similar instance, but this time it was more than just one sight. Like in the rest area, sighted five or Six, five or six red green lights in T-shape which followed aircraft through turns and closed to a thousand feet. Lights followed for several miles. Then they went out, but our pilots have named those mysteriously legible. While well, the encounter over Germany at night, Foo Fighters, when the pilot was later asked, he felt he witnessed the eerie lights from his aircraft. He said, scared shitless. In one other incident of July, December 23rd, had a bow pilot and his crew in a run for their lives. The pilot was first spotted two orange groves, racing towards his aircraft from the ground. He raided in, and this time, ground radar picked up the objects. But the levels, the, groves, the, the glows leveled out, gave his plane chase. That, that explained. Executed t- turns left and right, then attempted to lose them in a straight, steep dive. There was nothing he could do to shake them off. After two minutes, it, the glows peeled off while in perfect control, and shortly therefore, they were no longer visible. They became what became so alarming about Foo Fighters that they were noticeably faster than the British planes. Also, any time pilot tried to get better, get better contact, Foo Fighters flew away. And always able to outrun them. Perhaps most disturbing was the ability to pull off maneuvers that were decidedly possible for the aircraft of that day. On Christmas Eve, 1944, a 415 war diary read, observed a glowing red objects shooting straight up, changed suddenly to a plane, view of, an, a view of, of a, doing a wing over and doing a dive and disappearing. The crews of the planes were Started to talk and heavily reacted reports, printed to various revelations. I spoke about objects but didn't quite have a, a details of aircraft descriptions. One such as reported, another radio, another radio reporter said, I am frankly picked up the target on the radio screen. It appeared to be conventional, conventional aircraft, but being not but being tracked, it would accelerate to fantastic speed. 
which made it impossible to get a, get, get a rate, rate on, even more difficult to identify, so we refer to them as ghosts. Explanations. The US military investigated the incidents, and the conclusion not quite a stack up. B-17 pilot was chased by blue fighter. Over 250 miles later, described his encounter with an intelligent officer. The pilot recounted the explanation he gave. It was a new German fighter. He but did not explain why he did not fire us, or if it was putting our heading actually near speed. Why did he not receive anti-aircraft fire? Another explanation given to air crews is a natural phenomenon known as St. Edward's fire. St. Edward's fire was originally discovered on ships when the large masts produced fire when trails, like trail, that was usually associated with lightning storms or when electrical currents were in the air. Phenomenon occurs in airplanes the same type of conditions, also creating a trail of fire in the wingtips. This, but this association is not satisfied pilots because it didn't address why their lights were more movable than anything they had seen. It was, if it was St. Amos fire that came from a plane, the pilots were convinced that Foo Fighters were not traditional aircraft. One of the other problems about some of fire is it appears like a tracer or meteor, not spear-like shape. It was reported by pilots. However, another natural form called ball lightning does appear in spears and more closely resembles pilots' revolts. Cases of ball lightning in history were incredible. Great flashes that lead to explosions are typical. Some have even killed people, but the phenomenon is short lived and never pays like the bright lights that followed in the aircraft. Silver balls, whether, whether phenomenon was not the answer the pilots were looking for, and naturally, the crossy turned towards the enemy in the war, the Germans. A news report, news report released in December of 1944 describes German efforts to disrupt alien radar and effective wartime systems. Germans would use a release silver in the cloud, metallic nature, floating balls into the skies. This is using tiny foil strips released to the air to try and disrupt radar. The Germans were employing use of silver balls around the same time, but no pilot in the 415 ever reached the conclusion that this is what they saw. Very well, because no secret, the Germans kept a vast number of resources. But the vast amount of resources to everything wonder weapons during the course of World War II. After, after the war, German major, army major wrote, a couple of the such weapons, made Rudolf Lidster came to Germans who created Fussball and Kaiserberg, which were tiny remote-controlled jet aircraft. They were equipped with cruiser tubes, which meant to send an electric current from the air to disrupt alien bomber engines. They would explain why the lights followed the planes, but the Kaiserberg tube never actually worked. Since this was the case, it seems the Germans were equipped the small craft of a more effective weapon. The fact that these wonder weapons never caused any damage was caused because also pilots dismissed them as possible explanations. Other explanations given them when the pilots of crew suffered with battle fatigue or the strain from flying constant combat missions in high stress environments. Instances of battle fatigue are also known 
cause hallucinations, but because of many different aircraft experiences, such similar occurrences, it's unlikely they would be the same hallucination. This combined with the fact that lights occurred in such a localised area, this explained ad hoc to air, air, air crews. Scientists and psychologists are practice of qualifying claims. They have little use of anecdotal evidence. Part of Project X one four eight AV dash four dash three, as it was called, was conducted by US Navy shortly after the war, and focused on their efforts around vertigo or pilot disorientation. In his finds, in his findings, Dr. Igor Vensley said, "In every age of as not." are not skilled observers or human behaviour. They usually have the most vigorous understandings of their own feelings. Like other Navy people, therefore, they simply adopt a, um, to cover multiple other explainable events. And then McClary explained what came. McClary then explained why entire crews witnessed the same hallucination. Strange global glowing. The most promising illustrations are the ones previously given are the lights of German wonder weapon that still problems with that theory is more complicated by the fact that food fighters were not specific to the European theatre of operations. In September nineteen forty one, two men of the Polish ship ferrying British troops witnessed a strange glow out glowing for greenish lights. Half the size of the full moon appears to us. Alerted an officer, the three men watched the aircraft with its full moon over an hour. It wasn't pilots or an aircraft or pilot vertical. It doesn't explain what they saw. But they were not. They were world food fighters, not specific to American pilots, but German and Japanese pilots reported irregular appearances of light as well. One of the most famous referred to food fighters was first appeared in a nineteen seventy five photo history of by Jury J D Torres and S. Foucault objectively UFO. Many people debate whether the photograph is real or altered, but experts agree that if it was altered, whoever did it chose a poor photo to make such an effort. A light in the background, whose image is captured by a Japanese photographer, does not have an annotation and fits the profile or other sightings of food fighters. The Robertson panel. There were simply too many reports for privacy discussions for the US government to ignore. In nineteen fifty three, the Robinson panel convened to investigate reports of identified flying objects. This is only part of their aim, as the other reports surfaces after World War Two as well. An officer panel was recently conveyed to investigate the occurrence of identified flying objects flying over the Washington DC area. The investigation was headed by the CIA to determine if unexplained occurrences were a threat to the national security. The initial findings were classified as indeed as it included sensitive information after existing 
of military operations since it's been declassified, public has learned the panel found very unsartening conclusions. Several top scientists familiar with experimenting aviation technology headed by Caltech physicist Howard P. Robinson gave no official conclusion, but determined that most instances were the result of this taking flying objects. Instances didn't fit with its findings, but concluded to be probably be something of a similar nature to misinterpretation, but other investigation would be needed. After explanations were not given, but given, but none fully satisfied, observers, nor, nor aircraft crews for that matter, are they identified as really airframes from other world? Is it possible to ensure all the antidotal quantitative data in the world will not explain your absolute certainty? As far as Foo Fighters, Robert Zigberg, from the historian, who was a historian for the nearby 4170 Squadron, heard many of these stories directly from the pilots of the 4145 themselves. He reached this conclusion. I think the two fighters didn't show up on the radar because they were the, plain light. Radar has to have a solid object. It, was a, it wasn't a boogie out there. The planes, pilots could actually absolutely be able to tell. Tic-tac. Pilots offer their best explanation for the antidotal data when it comes to UFOs. The common observation observer a zeppelin or a weather balloon might look like one, but pilots have a unique knowledge of the shape and aerodynamics of airframes and they're experts in moving capabilities of aircraft. As followed by simple physics. Pilots seeing UFOs is not something localised in World War Two either. In the case of 2004, an F-18 out of San Diego captures spectacular images of tic-tac shape object flying at speed. It accelerated like nothing I've ever seen, the pilot told the New York Times. I have no idea what I saw. If he's foolish to think that it was an American super weapon, effectively meaning the pilot was tricked by his own government. But they were out there in many shapes and forms, and since there's did not what pilot been able to successfully make contact with Foo Fighters or UFOs. The instances of World War II since remain a mystery.